Listen and stream the only talk radio, Freedom 106.5, for the only talk that matter. All right, folks, yes, better men with base, better you, better me, better Trinidad and Tobago. And of course, on Wednesdays, we deal with topics pertaining with women. And today, we will be talking to Naomi Garrick, the PR chick. Right, um, of course, the topic today is balancing personal life and business success. You know, just uh, a while ago, I was speaking about women of today. You know, have to balance so much being a, a wife, being a mother, and a lot of them are career-driven, having their own careers, having jobs. It's, uh, you know, very difficult. It's not like a long time back in the days where a woman had a home, you know, somebody had to bring in the bacon, especially if they are single-parent mother. So we're going to talk about, you know, balancing life and personal uh, success of course um the pr chick personal branding coach and trainer helping professionals to build more purposefully and profitable brands naomi garrick is a leading personal brand expert and brand strategist that helps individuals entrepreneurs corporate executives and ceos to position package and promote their unique personal brand in order to effectively communicate their expertise and stand out in their craft or industry both on and offline essentially she is a brand builder we'll of course find out exactly what is a brand because i know a lot of you keep hearing this word brand 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 i want to know what that is naomi is an international speaker and trainer and leadership contributor for the entrepreneur magazine she's also published four books around building more purposeful and profitable personal brands she is the CEO and founder of Gary Communications Limited, a boutique PR agency based in Kingston, Jamaica, and certified reputation champion by the Public Relations Society of America. She has over 20 years and experience in public relations and marketing, working with global brands such as Coca-Cola, Microsoft, Sky, Vodka, Virgin United, and individuals, one of my favorite um. Uh, persons in the world, Richard Branson, and of course, Usain Bolt. She is also the co-founder of Emerge Personal Development Summit and Workshops. Naomi is passionate about helping people to see the greatness that sometimes they cannot see within themselves by helping individuals to identify or reinvent their unique personal brand in order to stand out in a noisy world. And on top of that, mostly her most important job, she is a mother of a 17 yeah, old girl. All right. So right now we welcome to Better Men's with Base on Freedom 106.5, Naomi Garrick, the PR chick. Hi, Naomi. Hi, Base. How are you? I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. You like that, Naomi Garrick? I like that. Uh, they are ringed. I like how it rhymes. Naomi Garrick, the PR chick. Okay. Yeah. Did, did, was, that, was that intentionally done or it just happened? I think it would have just happened like that. Yeah, but I mean, I've just, that that's very important because hearing it to me, somebody who's into, you know, music and, you know, arts and stuff, it's it has a nice ring to it. I'm attracted to that, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Nice, beautiful. So tell us about yourself. You are from uh, Jamaica? Yes, so I'm from Kingston, Jamaica. Mm -hmm. I've been living here for the last 43 years. Okay. Um... Tell me exactly what there's so much that you could know. What, oh, but what, no, you were born. You were born. Well, you were born in Kingston. You were born in Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah. Born in Kingston, Jamaica. All yes. Right. All right. Well, tell us about your life growing up in Kingston, Jamaica. The education where you went to school. How was life growing up? To you, humble beginnings. Were you a rich girl? Sure, okay. sure. So you know, I was definitely privileged to live in a household that included both my parents and my two siblings. I'm the only girl. Um, with two brothers, one old and one younger, so I'm smack right in the middle between them. 
Um, and, you know, I've always lived in Kingston. I went to St. Peter and Paul prep school. And then I graduated and went to St. Andrew High School for girls, which I'm right now, I'm actually a board member of the high school. Um, so this thing has just come back full cir circle for me. So I'm able to now give back and contribute to my alma mater, which I feel like that was where I really started to learn a little bit more about myself and my personality, which has carried through with me up to now at 43. Um, while I was there, which is funny, um, and I'll tell you this, I never thought that PR and personal branding, I didn't even know what that was at that time. But during that period, as you know, in the Caribbean, most of us at the age of about 13 were supposed to kind of have an idea or they would like to think that we'd have an idea of what we'd like to be as adults because we have to choose the subjects that we're going to do for what was then CXC, which is now CSEC. Right, right. And I'm not sure if most people were like me, but at 13, I definitely didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up just picking subjects that I liked or subjects that I was good at or passing. Right. Same thing happened again when it was time to do A-levels. I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do with mm -hmm. my life, so I went with subjects that I was passing. Yeah, what, what subjects? And that would have been like business subjects, right? What? I did, so I did a combination of subjects. So I okay. did biology, oh, geography, okay, okay. literature, language, mathematics, principles mm. of business, right. um, Spanish, which Spanish is actually the only subject that I failed. Um, mm. But what happened was, you know, A-levels came around. Again, I picked subjects that I liked, especially like literature. I thought I could have been a literature teacher because I really love books and reading to this day. Mm -hmm. But a lot of my colleagues or my school friends said, you know, they thought that I had the personality to be in the hospitality industry. And as you probably may know, tourism is our number one industry here in Jamaica. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to apply for UTEC, um, which is the University of Technology in Jamaica, for their hospitality and tourism program. Mm -hmm. And I studied that for four years, did great internships at different hotels in Jamaica, but I actually didn't end up graduating. Uh, okay. I didn't end up graduating after the four years because I just could not pass statistics mm. and mathematics and accounts. Okay. And yeah. I went back and I did the summer school and I did all the things, ended up passing accounts and math still couldn't pass statistics. And then years later, after doing just various programs, my program actually no longer exists. But I didn't let that stop me. I still continued as if I had the degree and all my resumes said that degree pending. And I still went ahead and applied for different jobs that people at my age would apply for in the hotel industry. Right. And one such job was actually, there was a hotel chain called Super Clubs, which was actually at the time the largest hotel chain in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And so everyone wanted to either get into the Sandals um, training manager program or the Super Clubs program. And I applied to Super Clubs and I got into that program. And without those programs, you work with the hotels within the chain for approximately three years, and you work in all the different um, areas of the hotel, right? The, their various departments, because what they're doing is they're training you to be a manager so that within three years, you are fast-tracked to that role right. as a junior manager. And so I did that, ended up working at one particular hotel for about five months in one department, the sales and marketing department, because of the need. Mm -hmm. This is when I realized or learned more about personal branding and that I had started showcasing my brand when I didn't know that's what it was. And because I am from Jamaica, um, I've always been seen as enough. I don't know if they use that term in, tr in tr Trinidad. 
Um, but seeing as not, so kind of just always involved and into everything. Yeah. And so people on property knew me as, you know, the North training manager from Kingston because I was always in everybody's department. And I just wanted to learn more. So I was always just involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and what had happened was they were having a general manager's meeting with all of the GMs from the various properties all over the Caribbean and in Jamaica. And I got approached by the GM for the flagship hotel at the time, which was Bradley the Grill, based in the Grill, which is in Jamaica. Right. And they approached me to be a sales manager at that property, which means I would break my contract. I would now be getting paid a real salary. I'd get to live on property. And I became the sales manager after six months working for the hotel, but focusing specifically on the Northeast USA, Canada, Japan, the Caribbean. And my job was really to, one, travel to the US quite frequently Mm -hmm. to meet with travel agents and tell them about our properties and why they should be convincing their potential clients to come to our resorts versus any others. So that was great. Um, But when, you know, your lecturers tell you that the hotel industry is really a 24-hour industry, it really was a 24-hour industry, especially because I lived on property. And so after working in that industry for maybe about two and a half years, I made a decision to come back to Kingston. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And because I didn't have the degree, I kind of felt like I wasn't sure who would employ me. So I had this very strong limiting belief about potential employment at the time because not having a degree was weighing on me very heavily. But I still went ahead anyway, and I ended up having an interview um, with this company called RETV, so it's Reggae Entertainment Television, it had just kind of started. Cable TV was very new, um, and it was one of two reggae entertainment type of cable channels. So it was like the BET kind of the yeah. Caribbean, so it's right. core tempo and everything. Yeah, and they needed a, a sales and marketing coordinator. So I applied for the job with my sales experience. I got the job, ended up working there for almost five years as sales and marketing manager. Mm-hmm. So I know had a team that I was responsible for. But what happened while I was there back um, base is that I, someone had approached me because of course I work in media now and I work in entertainment. So we get to meet and interact with all the different artists. We had started this thing called the RETV high school tour, which was a massive school tour with all the best artists right now, reggae dance hall um, performing at these different schools across the island. And one day, the gentleman that was doing our makeup was also a, a producer for music videos at the time, had approached me about doing publicity work for an upcoming artist, which was Tiffa at the time. Okay. And I was very surprised because I didn't really have any PR experience, but he was so ex- convinced that you could do the I job. Right, yeah. Right fit for her that I started to believe in myself too. And I said, okay. Mm. And I remember walking to the nearest bookstore because we didn't have Google yet. So I couldn't yes. really Google anything about PR. Yeah. And I bought all the books I could find about PR, PR for dummies. I'm not going to um, say that. Did, did you get PR for dummies? Yeah. I know they must I have been I did get PR for dummies for yeah. sure. Yeah. PR for dummies bought all of these books. And because mm. I wanted to know that if I was stepping <clears> in this space, I needed to know what I was talking about. Right. But what I didn't realize, base, is that because of my experience working in the media industry and because I'm a very relationship-driven person, I didn't realize that I had really built these strong relationships with people across the media landscape in Jamaica. So mm-hmm. essentially the decision makers or what we'd say the gatekeepers, the people who decide 
what we see on TV, what we hear on the radio, what we read in the magazines, what we read in the print newspapers, because I knew these people, the editors, the producers, the directors, um, the radio presenters, the hosts, everybody. And so when I started sending out these press releases, they saw me as a credible source of information. Right. I could literally pick up the phone and call an editor to see if they received the press release. Um, and so my work started getting published or media started reaching out to me to get access to this artist. And what right. happened was more artists started hearing that I was doing this. And so my side hustle mm. at RETV was a publicist. Nice. So I was doing all this publicist work for entertainers. I like what you said that your side hustle. I hope people are listening yes. now. Because I always talk about having a side hustle. Right? I always talk about that. Right? Listen, go, 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 multiple streams of income is important. Ah, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, yeah. My and utilizing your different talents, you know. So I was discovering yeah. that. I had something that other publicists may not have had because mm -hmm. one, I understood the entertainment industry. Yeah. And two, I had the access to the media. Yeah, yeah. The connections. And you had the right I, connections. Exactly. And mm. so, and then I wrote really well as well. So I used to write um, for the Teenage Observer in Jamaica. Mm. Um, and literally, as I told you, those were my passion subjects at the time too. So my writing skills were very, very good too. Yeah. And so I did that for a while. And then in 2005, I was pregnant with my son, Ajani. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I realized that I didn't want to be in this entertainment space anymore because of my role at RETV. And because being this publicist, I had to be on the road a lot. I had to be at all the stage shows, events, dances, launches, everything. And I knew that having a child, I'd want to have that time and freedom and flexibility to actually be very involved as a parent right right so and even even so even though you were career driven you still had it in the back of your mind or i should say in the front of your mind that listen i still have to be a mother absolutely. for them to this son. yeah mother first right? right and because i grew up in a household where both of my both of my parents are creatives actually so my okay. father he designed um the majority of Bob Marley's album covers. Okay, wow. Um, right. Yes, and then my mother, she had an art gallery at our house, like beside our house. Mm. So I grew up seeing my parents, whether they were in and out, but they were mostly present because they were also very entrepreneurial. Yeah. And so I wanted my son to be able to have that kind of experience too, where I could go to things like a sports day or I could pick up from school or just be more hands-on and more involved. Yeah. And so... I came to another a bit of a crossroads, I guess I would say, because now I'm like, okay, so I don't want to be in the hotel and tourism industry. Um, I don't want to be in entertainment and media, but that's what I know. And then again, lingering behind my head was the fact that, you know, and now I still don't have a degree. So what am I going to do? Mm. Luckily, the Spanish Horse Hotel, which is a boutique hotel in Kingston, it actually was the first of its kind in Kingston, yeah. a boutique business hotel. Um, and they were opening and they needed a corporate communications manager. Now, base, I don't have any corporate communications experience. Mm -hmm. But what I do have was I had my experience in the hotel and tourism industry. Yeah. I had experience in now in media and communications. And so even though what was required for that job was a degree in corporate communications and experience in that specific area, I still showed up for that interview dressed the way that I thought someone in this role should look. And I spoke about my experience in hotel and tourism management as well as um, working in media. Mm. And I got the job. Right. And that kind of was a light bulb for me because I realized that, you know, 
sometimes it's not and as much i believe i'm a firm believer in higher education and all the benefits and merits to that mm-hmm. but also we have to as individuals look at our journey and to see all the different things that make us who we are today yeah well you're you're, you're very good at i must say you're very good at selling yourself because i just asked you the question <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself and you've been told for the last you're like if i had a job to give you i would just look woman take take the job right away don't? take it out you're good you know yeah. so that's what happened i realized yeah. that you know what even though i don't have this thing on paper yeah that doesn't mean i don't have experience that someone else doesn't have at all right and so it's when i realized that i could actually combine these different types of experiences to now offer something that's different and unique and actually provide a fill a void um i was tapped into that and that's when i realized the importance of understanding and owning your own personal brand nice man personal and so Mm-hmm. I worked as a, I worked as a part with their team for three months. Yeah. And after three months working with them, I actually realized that I again didn't really want to work in this hotel and tourism industry. Yeah. But what happened at the same time for me was that I had started working more with PR, but for business and lifestyle brands, mm-hmm. which is not as fast paced as um, entertainment. Yeah. And so what I also realized was that in Jamaica, in particular, we didn't have many PR agencies. We had a lot of advertising agencies. And maybe you'd have, within that agency, one PR executive that was responsible for the public relations for whatever clients they had on their roster. Mm. But then apart from that, maybe there were two or three other PR-specific agencies. So I thought that there was an opportunity for me um to start my own pr agency focusing on business and lifestyle brands and i took a leap of faith i started my agency garrett communications um in 2009 and i didn't know anything about running a business of course i didn't save three months of my salary before i started i didn't know about anything like that i started with what i knew um with my contacts with my i had a laptop i had a blackberry because we didn't really have smart smartphones yet so i had to also walk with my digital camera Uh and i did have an office and that was me i got my brother to design a logo for me which i still use to this day i got some logo shirts printed that was my uniform and what happened was the jamaica gleaner um heard that i had gone off on my own to start this pr agency and again because of relationships they asked if they could do an article about this transition. Mm-hmm. And they asked if we could actually do the article at my office. And of course, from what you're hearing from me, base, I didn't have an office. Mm-hmm. So I called the, the Spanish Court Hotel, and that's why it's also important not to burn your bridges. Mm-hmm. And yeah, asked if I could shoot, do this shoot in their lobby. And they said, of course. Mm-hmm. And that article ended up being the cover story of their lifestyle magazine for the Lino. It was a three-page story, right. and that's how I got my first client. And my company turns 14 in October, and we've mm. never advertised our business. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful story there, man. <laughs> beautiful story about, you know, just uh, taking advantage of opportunities and not uh, not giving up, too. No? Yeah, not giving up and kind of taking a bet on yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's okay to, well, what you say, that, that term that we use here sometimes, or here in the world, fake it till you make it. What do you think about that? You know what? So <coughs> I used to say that. And then I went to an event um, maybe about six years ago. And the presenter actually said what he prefers is faith it. 
faith it. I ask her for that because you're not really faking anything. It's, it's you really putting in the belief that you are this person that you are trying to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, I definitely was not that person at the time, but I believed I could be. Mm-hmm. And I took action with it. And I think that's the big difference, you know, actually stepping out in the faith and believing that you are deserving of this role or these clients or these opportunities, but actually proving to them and yourself mm-hmm. that you actually have what it takes. Yeah. Right. Faith until so you make it. I love that. Yeah, faith, faith until you make it. So I love that too. And so that's that's what I use when I hear people talk about, you know, faith it until you make it. Nice, I nice. don't think I was faking anything. I just really put a lot of self-belief and I put one foot in front of the other to make it happen. Nice, man. Beautiful. Um, of course. But as you know, right, yeah. the entrepreneurship journey is a, definitely a very special journey mm-hmm. uh, over the last 14 years and as a mother as well. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult, right? Because again, I didn't have, I didn't study business subjects. I mean, you do the business subjects that you need to pass your courses in university, but I never had planned to own a business. And so during the 14 years, I had many times where I did not want to do this. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, I wanted to be in a safe job where I knew I was getting a set salary every month and all the benefits. Right. Um, I During my 14 years, there were two times that I applied for an actual job in PR. Um, but then the thing is, sometimes you just get these amazing projects or these amazing clients or you work with great suppliers or you have a great team and it kind of just propels you mm. to continue. And I guess that's what's been propelling me for the last 14 years. And I really love what I do. I love helping to tell our clients stories, um, utilizing different creative platforms and not just through a press release. Yeah, tell, tell, me, about, tell me about your experience with that, with Richard uh, Bronson. Oh, Richard sure. Bronson, so. Yeah. So with <coughs> Sir, Sir Richard Branson. Sir Richard Branson. Branson. So what had happened was in Jamaica, mm-hmm. we have uh, the Branson Center for, for, for Entrepreneurship. Yeah. It was launched in Montego Bay years before. And they had decided, I think, um, I don't know if it was after year <clears throat> five. I can't remember, but they decided to launch to reopen in Kingston, Jamaica, because of course Kingston is the capital. Mm -hmm. And so for that relaunch, Sir Richard Branson was coming to Jamaica. And we were approached by the center here in Jamaica to do the PR for that launch, which involved our prime minister and different um, government stakeholders, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that was our first project getting to work with Sir Richard Branson for that opening. And we handled (laughs) all of the PR for that. Um, but then he came to Jamaica again for another project in relation to the Branson Center. So we were again asked to manage the PR. And the third time, so we worked three times actually with uh, Sir Richard Branson. And so the third time they were having a, it wasn't the Branson Center. This was um, this global climate summit um, that was happening and being launched in Jamaica. And he was spearheading this project um, through Virgin. And so we were approached this time directly by Virgin to spearhead the PR for this project. And so that was, so those were our three opportunities um, working with him before he blasted off to space. Mm. Yeah, for those of you, for those people who don't know Richard Branson, that is the owner of Virgin, the mega empire, Virgin Atlantic, started Virgin Records, Virgin, you know, everything Virgin, you see that Virgin, that's Richard Branson, yes. the man is going into space he, right now, you know what I mean? It's yeah, he's amazing. a serial entrepreneur and yeah, 
he is definitely someone that does not believe in limits yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely can... an inspiration for anyone, but especially for those entrepreneurs out there that, you know, he really shows that you can break all barriers. Yeah, man. And it's his story is a great story as well, too. Tell us a little bit about, about branding. I mean, who are, well, in terms of your clients, who would say is one of one or two sure. of your most interesting clients? Sure, great. So we, so through Garrett Communications, which is the PR agency, we've had the opportunity to work with, I think now, like over a hundred different types of brands. So we work with, as I said, we really focus on lifestyle brands, but we work with, with lifestyle and business. We've done some amazing projects with Coca-Cola with launching their one brand strategy. That was a pretty fun one. Um, they were, they launched here in Jamaica. I actually worked with the Trinidad team as well on this project. And um, for that one, we had like, so many things happening at this one event. We had a magician. We had we made cocktails using Coca Cola, um, so we call them cocktails. Um, we did blind tasting tests. We had Freddie McGregor performing, and for that kind of project, we didn't just do the PR, but we actually led the project management. So hiring the execution company and all the other supporting services. Um, and then locally, we worked with amazing brands like Appleton Estate, Jamaica Rum. Um, when they were doing their entire rebranding exercise um, with the look and feel of their bottles. Um, we've worked with different carnival projects. Um, we're currently working with Red Bull um, for their PR here in Jamaica. They have two big events coming up, their car park drift, as well as um, their dance your style challenge. Um, so we have great corporate plans, but then in addition to that, um, and you would have seen that in the bio that you read. We get we've gotten the opportunity to work with even Usain Bolt, not as a publicist, but more through. We actually got to work with Usain because he, um, through the Usain Bolt's Tracks and Records restaurant chain, which is through the KLE Group. So we were actually hired by the KLE Group here in Jamaica. They were going to launch. We've helped them to open Tracks and Records in. Ocho Rios in Montego Bay. And the last one that I actually had to travel to London for was their opening of their London location. And that was really, definitely really exciting. They had a lot of um, English-based actors, celebrities, chronics was there. Um, and of course, working with Usain is always a pleasure. He's such a great um, personality, um, very gracious all the time. So that was we, we've always enjoyed working on those projects um, with the KLE group and then also um, you say because of that. But what happened in the last uh, three, four years is our journey. Um, I started applying for a lot of different programs to help me to kind of be uh, to solidify myself in the business space. So looking for our key differentiators, but learning more about running the business and, and kind of more about how to work more on the business instead of just being in the business mm -hmm. so i started applying for all of these different fellowships and programs for female entrepreneurs so that we can learn more about you know the financial side and projections and you know value propositions and all those things and what happened during that one of the programs that i applied to um it actually was a social bank vision achiever program and our coach had suggested that we should find a way to make this nocturnal revenue, so money in your sleep. And the example she gave was like writing a book. And so at the time, I thought I was going to write a book about PR because that's what I thought I only knew. But then I just wasn't sure who was going to buy this book, who, how many people are really interested in public relations. And then what happened to me is, you know, and we talk about this thing of uh, 
things being downloaded into your brain, right? Um, and I remember waking up one morning at like about three o'clock and I woke up and I was just like, I need to share my experience, how I got to where I am now, even without the degree. And what I realized it was, it was personal branding. So I started finding all these little pieces of paper by my bedside and writing down what were the steps that I took to get to where I am today. And I ended up creating this book called A PR Chick's Guide, Eight Steps to Building Your Personal Brand. And so the steps are like, who am I? Um, what is what is your personal brand? Uh, looking at things like mentorship, um, dressing for success, creating your signature style, the art of pur purposeful networking, right? So not just networking with someone to get something, but actually making these meaningful connections and then talking about, you know, your reputation on and offline and how that matters. And it turned into this book, which again, I just thought I was just doing this book to make this money in my sleep. But the book has opened so many doors for me um, based on over the last four years, I've had the opportunity to speak on multiple stages in Jamaica, outside of Jamaica, in London, um, in the US and then of course because of COVID you know I had the opportunity to do a lot of online speaking engagements across the world even as far as Africa and Australia talking about building better personal brands and I know coach as well and I have all these online resources and tools and what I really get pleasure in is really helping individuals professionals creatives to really understand what their unique value is and then how to communicate that effectively to their ideal audience so that they are attracting and are also prepared for the right opportunities mm -hmm. and so that's what i've been doing now for the last in addition to my agency so i still have dark communications um but then as the pr chick i also have all these different speaking engagements and workshops um, speaking about personal branding and, I, and if you don't mind I'll share exactly what personal branding is for those listening who may have been hearing this word and just really not sure what it means and um, personal branding is simple right it's it's really how do you see yourself but it's also how do others see you because sometimes we may think that we are a certain way but that's not necessarily what we project to the world right so then your personal brand becomes what the people say about you and jeff bezos the ceo for amazon says your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room uh -huh. but your personal brand is also you know what's this thing that you want to be known for so like base i would say to you you know when people hear your name what are like three things that should be all saying about you as an individual hmm. or the industries related to you as an individual yeah that's what we want to know right like what do we want to be known for and then how do you want people to feel when they actually engage and interact with you do they feel delighted or do they feel disappointed like what's that feeling or the emotions that come across when you engage and interact with different individuals um, but really and truly, your, pers your personal brand is just your reputation, Definitely. right? Yeah. And yeah. I think why it has become so relevant now is because anyone has access to your reputation literally by doing a simple online search. Mm -hmm. And most of us are not even aware of what's showing up for us online. So there are so many opportunities that are available to us if we position ourselves in the right way. And the way to do that is by getting that clarity on who you are as an individual, 
understanding what your unique value is that you have to offer. So then what is the problem that you solve just based on your own journey, your own experience, your skills, your knowledge, your expertise. It's about how you see something and how you analyze and interpret it because no matter how many people may have the same exact job title as you, there is no one in the world that does your job the way that you do it specifically because of your own unique experience and how you see things and how you interpret things. So that is what your personal brand is about. And when we know what our personal brand is or the value that we bring to the table, then we need to know how to communicate it. Who needs to know who we are? Where are they located in the online world as well as in person? And how do we effectively communicate that value so that you are the obvious choice when an opportunity presents itself. Yeah. What 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 do you have? Let's say I'm there now. There are a lot of uh, parents that may be listening right now and saying, "Why? Wow, this lady sounds great. She's you know educated and stuff." But if their children comes to tell them, "I want to be in PR or I want to be a brand specialist," they may not know what that is because most people just want to turn to be doctors, lawyers, think this idea they are average job. <laughs> but there are so many new streaming jobs, jobs that are that are Absolutely. out there. But what does one have to really study to be? You know, well, I know there are a lot of public relations courses or a brand specialist. Well, you know, that's funny because I'm the one, I'm the person that didn't study to be. Yeah, PR. exactly. Yeah. Well, but no, but, like, no. Yeah. But what I would tell you now, so my team that works with me, most of them would study, um, they call it integrated marketing. Yeah. And so that involves a bit of marketing, a bit of public relations and new media. And so, because really and truly, public relations is, is not just a standalone thing, right? It's yes, how we communicate to the various publics, mm. but communication has changed so much in the years. So before, you could just send a press release and maybe a captured photo and it may be published in the newspaper. But now we have things like podcasts. We have electronic media. Everyone can start their own media channel today if they wanted to because they have access to YouTube. They have access to all these free hosting platforms that have access to all these podcast platforms. So news and information travels so much faster. And then because also the social media platforms. So you have to understand traditional media, digital media, um, experiential um, situations. And that would be like doing a physical event, like an outdoor broadcast or a launch or some kind of um, activity where your patrons get to actually meet and greet and interact with the brand that you're working with and so for me for someone that's interested in this industry one there's access to information everywhere so you can simply google what is public relations what should i study to be in public relations but what i would say is most important about this space is finding creative ways to tell your stories for your clients because no longer can we just send a press release. There are so many other ways for communication to be spread. A press release may not even be necessary depending on the brand and who they're trying to reach, right? Who their audience is. Because if it's a younger audience, then more than likely they're probably not reading the Sunday newspaper, right? They're probably going to be looking to Twitter or TikTok to get their information. Yeah. And so for someone interested in this field, it's very important to know all these different areas. So even for us right now, we are doing um, some recruiting to enhance the digital side of our agency because we realize the importance of having ensuring that we are very active with our clients' brands across multiple channels, but really looking at platforms like 
TikTok, um, Instagram, um, especially to use those platforms to also spread this brand message or um, to reach an ideal audience. So that's what I would say. I would say like integrated marketing really is the best route for someone interested in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many platforms that actually just provide like daily information on PR as well for someone that just may want to learn more about the space. So there's a website that I actually um, subscribe to called PR Daily. Um, and even me, even though I've been in this industry for 14 years, I or have my agency for 14 years, but been in the industry for over 20, I'm still learning every day because the landscape changes just like the world on a daily basis. So we have to be up to date with what are the trends, not just the trends happening in Jamaica and the trends happening in the Caribbean, but the trends happening globally so that we can see which ones we can also apply to some of our clients depending on what they're doing. Thanks, man. Great. Of course, let's talk about um, motherhood. Um, of course, I mean, with, with, with all of this that, that you do, you're also a mother. I saw, but in the thing is, it says a 17-year-old daughter, but I know you mentioned no, before, you had a son. Oh, yes. a 17 year old son. You see, they're giving you a daughter, yes. right? All right. It's never too late. No, that's fine. <laughs> All right. 17 year old son, um, he's actually sitting his CSEC exams now. All right. So, even though we had a public holiday yesterday, he still had um, he still had an exam. He had economics yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that has been an in- a very interesting journey for me. Um, what I would say is that I feel like the moment that I knew that I was pregnant. Um, my son became my driving force for everything that I do, even mm-hmm. this journey into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to build and create this life that we would both love and we could both thrive in, um, that would be sustainable, um, but would also provide time and flexibility and you know freedom to do meaningful things that can create lasting memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I so that has, hmm? yes. yeah, no, go ahead. No, go Okay, so I say so that has really shaped a lot of who I am today, even the places that I go, the people that I interact with, even the clients that we serve, you mm-hmm. know, I always have to look back on my driving force and make sure it's aligned with our values as well. Yeah. Um and you know, what I'll say is that motherhood has not been easy. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. I don't think for anybody, whether you have all the support or no none of the support. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that by understanding that it's not a journey for yourself like it's important for women especially to remember that you know we can ask for help right and help can show up in different kinds of ways it's different for everyone Mm. but we also have to i think as women a lot of times we take on the burden because we don't want to bother anyone or we feel like we can really do everything ourselves but we really can't yeah yeah definitely I know people talk about balance all the time, but I I wouldn't say that I'm balanced because in order for me to spend time on one thing, I'm also not spending time on something. I'm making a choice in that moment to give more of my time to something else. Mm. So I don't know if that necessarily means that I am balancing things, but I try to prioritize as best as possible. Nice. Um, I was just, of course, you being in, in PR and as you will know about the technology, um, the phone, a cell phone would be very, very important to your job. Just a while ago, I was speaking about children and their cell phone. I don't know if you know about the story in Guyana where the um, the institution was, was burned down to the ground because a child's, uh, a teenager's cell phone was taken away 
So she burned down the institution. About 19 children died and stuff. Where do you, where you, yeah, yeah, that's a big story out there. Type in Guyana fired well, that oh was my home goodness day. i will definitely um checking that after yeah so a dorm uh, was burned over where, where, where do you stand with your the children and the and the cell phone do you think parents now in this new age are just growing up these children as a, a, a addicted to this well, you know, know the cell phone what's, what's interesting is that you know and my friends and i talk about this because obviously we didn't grow up in the era we we were in that transition from analog to digital so yeah. We grew up in a household where there's your host phone and if anybody's trying to call you, they need to call through the host phone and more than likely one of your parents are going to answer that call and intercept at any point in time mm-hmm. as well. So we didn't have that kind of freedom. I had my first cell phone when I was in university, which I bought for myself. Actually, I think I won my cell phone, which is why I had one. Right. Um, so it was different for us, but these children now they grew they have grown up in technology like we see little children under the age of two and they know how to swipe on their tablets they know how to swipe on their parents phones Mm -hmm. this is the world that they know yeah but i still think that as parents because they are children we do have a responsibility to monitor that time and so my son's 17 now and uh, to be honest he's very mature and i've never ever had an issue with him and the usage of his cell phone so i don't know if i'm one of the lucky ones yeah um but he's never abused i would say his opportunity to have access to a cell phone so i've never had to take it away mm. or take away the charge or even though i've heard many stories like that yep um but I think especially with the younger children that really would not have that level of self-control yet, it is important for the parents to limit time and to monitor usage because the other thing is that they have access to everything once you're online, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so like I have a colleague that where I recently went through her son's um, tablets to... Um, actually set up the screen time locks on it Mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't have one they wouldn't have access to the app store because you know once children know how to download one app buying everything and spend all their money and they may not even know if they don't know if this is something that's age appropriate they just see it it looks colorful they download Mm. it and so it really is up to the parents to really kind of monitor that situation Mm. make sure you put because the great thing is that most of these devices now put those things in place to kind of either track the usage or limit the usage or i downloaded something for my friend recently that it's because a child is under the age of five and it's this app where they actually have to answer like math questions or little spelling questions to get a minute of screen time mm. and so if they get them right then it gives them like 10 minutes of screen time so they're actually trying to balance you know the education with how much time they actually use but again, the parents really have to be the ones to kind of instill this so that we don't get to a point where a child feels that it's okay to burn down an uh, institution because they didn't get their cell phone. That's right, that's right. And of course, it's up to parents to know. A lot of parents don't know, not familiar with the technology as well, too. They just buy all these computers. Find someone that's familiar with it so they can, because that's what happened with my friend. She's not very tech yeah. savvy. And she had to call and you. She called me and yeah. I said, bring the tablet here and let me set it up for you. And yeah. I did all the things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. yeah. To set it up. But it is, you know, the parents, we we have to really kind of, you know, see how best we can get involved because the children are not going to willingly give us the devices to do these things to limit their time. Uh-huh. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're the adults. So we have to take control. And if it means restricting the time, taking the devices, 
taking the chargers because maybe that's what you need to do sometimes yeah. it's in the device but if they, if they don't have a charger they can't use it that's right um, but you have to figure out you have to one understand your child also and what works best for your child too because not the same thing works with everybody yeah folks freedom 106.5 fm basis here better men's with base and of course you're talking to naomi garrick naomi garrick the pr chick specialist in pr uh would you say that what have you ever ever worked with any uh, well governments or you know people in politics what do you say it's important for a politician to have a pr person oh 100 so we do we do not work um in the political field right um it's just not something that i've never really had a strong interest in for pr mm -hmm. um we really love work i mean we can do pr for everything but what we've found over the last couple of years is that we have done really well with business and lifestyle so we stick to what we know but yes, I do think it's very important for uh, anyone in power, whether it is a CEO or a chairman or a corporate executive or a politician, to have someone that can guide them on the right channels, the right language, um, but also to protect their own brand too, right? Because at the end of the day, every time someone speaks, it's a bit of their reputation that's going out to the public for them to do what they will with it. Right. And so it is very important, I think, to have these if you're not going to be a brand champion for yourself, mm -hmm. to have someone that understands this industry that can ensure that you are sharing accurate as well as information that is aligned with you as an individual and your role, whatever that role may be. Um, so yes, I think I think I I don't think enough um, politicians engage PR individuals until there is a crisis yeah 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 um and what i think is more important is reputation management and so i actually as you, you had shared that in my bio i actually did a whole program with the public relations society of america on reputation management um because it is a bit different from crisis management when you have a crisis you are already in the crisis and you're trying to manage it mm -hmm. with reputation management what you're doing is you're being more proactive so you're actually looking at what could be those potential crises? How do we put a plan in place in advance so that we, one, maybe it mitigates the crisis from happening already at all, and two, we already have a plan that can go into action the minute we realize that we may be going into a crisis. And then also just ensuring that the reputation of the individual or the company um, is actually aligned with whatever those core values are, mission, statement, goals, and objectives are, um, and that we know who are the different key individuals that are actually going to be the voice of that brand or that company or individual. Nice. So what's what's next for you? What's what's next for us? We get ready to wrap it up. What's next for... That's a good uh, question. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm really focusing on my, you know, in addition to the agency, to my personal branding, I'm actually going to be launching a monthly subscription membership called the Build Your Brand Club. Because um, what I find is I do coach a lot of corporate executives, but I do have a lot of individuals who are still just learning about personal branding and want to have access to the material. Mm -hmm. And over the last almost five years, I've created multiple workbooks, multiple courses, um, various programs, webinars, workshops, 
And so what I'm actually launching at the end of this month is my membership club where I've, I may be lying if I tell you the fee right now. I think it's $30 US a month, monthly subscription, and individuals actually get access to all of my courses, workshops, workbooks, everything. And then I actually do a live webinar monthly in the club. Um, and so that's what I'm launching at the end of this month. So I'm kind of focusing on just finishing that up so I can actually put it out on my platforms. But the information is already up on my website, which is IamNaomiGarrick.com. Nice. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we got your any of, of, of your information um, you would like us to, to get there sure. for you? Yeah? So that's your, for your social media handles. On Instagram, you can follow me at Naomi Garrick. That's N-A-O-M-I-G-A-R-R-I-C-K. Or at The PR Chick. And um, on if you go on IamNaomiGarrick.com, you can get access to all of my information. For those of us that are in the professional space on LinkedIn, you can just search for Naomi Garrick and you'll find me. All right. Thank you very much, Naomi Garrick, the PR chick. I thank you, Bates. It was yeah. a pleasure. All right. Thank you very, very much. Right. You take care. We've been talking okay. there to Naomi Garrick. PR, PR. Check out that Naomi Garrick. Of course, um, you know, the PR at the PR check. Instagram for those as well. And if your your children or grandchildren tell you they want to go into get into PR, get into public relations, please know that it's a very noteworthy job and they can make a lot of money. Talk, talk, talk is streaming at freedom106.5.com.